Hey friends, this is John White, and you are listening to episode 71 in Stories from the Revolution. I was just looking at our statistics uh, on Anchor. This is where I do these recordings, and we are just about to pass uh, play number 20,000. That's amazing to me. So thank you for your support and encouragement for this podcast. Um, this is episode 71, and this is the third episode commenting on the $100 million campaign that is intending to reach the lost by rebranding Jesus. It's called the He Gets Us campaign, and it's a campaign that, in my humble opinion, is likely to fail. Have you seen the ads for it that's supposed to be running on TV? If you haven't, just Google He Gets Us, and you can take a look at what the, uh, the really slick marketing campaign looks like. So why am I making a big deal out of this? Why am I focusing attention on this campaign? Why am I devoting a series of episodes to it? Well, I believe it illustrates in some dramatic ways how the current Christian culture has gone astray. Again, in my opinion, my perspective. But I'm not just a critic. I'm not just going to talk about what's wrong with this campaign. In future episodes, I'll be coming back around to what it would look like if we got back on track. Um, if we began to move towards what I think Jesus really had in mind for his church, and then how the church can impact these not yet followers of Jesus. It's very different from the underpinnings of the He Gets Us campaign. Now, in this particular episode, I want you to hear what my friend Tony Daniels has to say about this campaign. Tony is the training champion for Luke 10, and she has a key insight about where this He Gets Us campaign took a wrong turn in their process. Take a listen to my interview with Tony. So again, John White, and I'm here with my friend Tony Daniels, who is the training champion in Luke 10. And we were talking about this uh, He Gets Us campaign. And Tony, one of the things I know that you did is you went and found some of the videos online uh, that this campaign has produced. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I was fascinated by the campaign and their ideas. Um, I think their in their intent and their heart's desire to help people encounter the real Christ, right. Or to help people even get a vision for who Christ is, you know, definitely is a, is a beautiful, beautiful, intention, right? So um, personally speaking, I have adult children now who don't want to even call themselves Christians at all because it has such a bad stigma. So the, the word Christian and the Christian culture in general in our society today has um, a very negative um, reputation, not just Christ, but the entire Christian culture, right? As being a hate-filled culture, uh, judgmental, rules-based. So everything that's not love. <laughs> and Jesus said, they will know you're my followers by your love, right? So 
I get, I get the desire to go, oh, but that's not Christ. Christ is love. Christ does get you. Uh, Christ does understand what it's like to mourn and grieve and be persecuted. And so I get the heart behind that because I was a missionary for 18 years in a different culture. So I lived outside of Christianity to some degree and, and even rejected Christian culture a, a lot because I wanted to people to see a different Christ than that. Um, so I, I kind of, I, I want to honor that intention that they have. But I really think they've misdiagnosed the problem. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. So I showed. I can hardly wait to hear that misdiagnosed. We'll come back to that. So I, I go, I see the videos. There's some videos on YouTube that he gets us. They're like a minute long, 30 seconds long, really powerful. And I had just some interesting feelings going on when I saw the videos. Some of me was drawn to it because I was like, yes, that's who Jesus is. Yes. And then there was another part of me that was like, I just don't know if this is actually going to help solve the problem, though. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going to take it to my teen kids and not tell them anything and just show them the video and ask them how they how they feel when they watch it and what they think their non-Christian friends might think when they watch it. Good idea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I just said, we're going to do this today for our devotions because I'm like that. We do crazy things for our devotional time. So I throw it out there, show them like five or six of the videos. That might be all that's there. And then I say, okay, reaction round. How do you feel when you watch these videos? And my my 13-year-old daughter literally like uh, cringes her whole body up. And she goes, oh my goodness, they're so cringy, mom. And I was like, oh no. I thought, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, honey, what do you mean by that? And she goes, I just feel all over my body, like my skin's crawling. Like there's just something wrong with this picture. And I don't, I don't even know what, but I'm not drawn to watching those at all. And I'm actually repulsed by them. Hmm. And I'm like, well, this is interesting, sweetie, because, you know, I didn't tell her why they were made yet. I didn't tell her anything. I said, okay, well, what about your brother? So her brother weighs in and he's a different personality altogether. And he says, well, I really don't like them at all, mom. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, because they, I get that they're trying to show that Jesus is like one of us, but it's almost like the way they're described, the way the images are shown, it's like they're taking him out of his context and sticking him into our world. And that just doesn't feel right to me either because he had a context that he lived in. And I kind of wish they would, they would show that context and then maybe show ours, like how it could be similar to ours, but like still show his. And, and I thought that was very insightful for a teenager, but, um, but he was like, I would never watch these, nor would I ever show these to my friends, you know? Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I said, well, let's think about, you know, do you think it could draw your friends to Christ? Like if, if they, if they have a bad reputation, if Jesus has a bad reputation to them and they think he's a hate monger or like Christians, you know, do you think this would help them rethink who Jesus is? And they were like, no, no, this is, they're going to make fun of these videos because they're cringy <laughs> and it's obvious what they're trying to do. It's so obvious. My friends are going to see through that, like that mom, the only way they're going to change their perspective about who Jesus is, is when Christians change who they are. Oh. So, you know, that made me stop and think, um, 
you know, and I, and as I thought about this, I thought, you know, I feel like they've misdiagnosed the problem. And when we misdiagnose the problem, the solutions we come up with are, are usually really not helpful at all. You know, if I have the flu and I think I have appendicitis, um, I could go get my appendix removed and it's not going to cure my flu. <laughs> right. So if I misdiagnose the problem, really tragic things could happen actually with the solutions that I'm presenting. Um, but they've, they have said that the problem is that Christ has a bad image. The problem is that people don't have a good image of Christ, right? right? Therefore, if we just change the image of Christ and help people see who he really is, then everything's going to be great. People are going to be drawn to Christ. And I go, wow, I don't think that's the problem. I think that's a symptom of the problem. I think Christ has a bad image because the body of Christ doesn't, is not a mature body who knows how to love. Mm. Because if the body of Christ were discipled into knowing how to love and have healthy relational capacity, then Christ wouldn't have a bad image at all. The opposite would be true. Like Jesus said, they would know that you're my followers because of your love. So Jesus' strategy for correcting his image wasn't about better propaganda. It was about a body that's being conformed to his likeness. So if we invest billions of dollars or millions of dollars in, in propaganda and in marketing and neglect the fact that it's changing this Christian culture or changing the people of God to become more like him, we've got the problem totally wrong and it's not going to solve the problem. You're only going to help people separate from the body of Christ even more and not want to call themselves Christians mm. um, because they are going, that body of people are nothing like the Jesus you're presenting to me. And they're nothing like the Jesus I'm coming to know. Therefore, I can't call myself a Christian either. I'm gonna have to call myself something else. Right. And and they're not gonna be they're not gonna be brought into anything that's Christ-like, a community. Where's the community that's Christ-like? So I know that their intention is to bring them into Alpha and, and hopefully connect them with churches, but again, these churches they're connecting them to are the very churches that have created the bad rep that Jesus has. <laughs> What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> so again, we're stuck. So I think that for me, um, yeah, it, it's about changing the, the, the people of God, helping us become more loving, <laughs> more loving, more kind, which is a lot harder to do okay. than, than a marketing scheme. Yep. It's a lot harder, but I think Luke 10 has actually experimented and experimented and followed Christ in this path for so long that he's given us some ways to do that. And he's raising up tons of organizations doing this. It's a relational revolution happening right now across the world, and we get to be a part of it. So I wish that these millionaires would actually realize the real problem is the body of Christ needs to learn to love. And that there are real organizations out there fighting every single day so that Christians can learn to love better, so that the image of Christ will be will be lifted up, actually, and all men drawn to him. Yes. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great, Tony. You know, you have to learn how to be more enthusiastic about things. That's really working on that. That was great. Man, may so, it be so. May, so may the diagnosing, Lord. accurately diagnosing the problem has got to be the starting place if we're really serious about reaching the world, right? Yes, yes.
Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you for having me. Okay, now I wanna make a couple more comments about what Tony has shared with us. It turns out that her insight, her critique is actually very similar to that of an article written by what apparently was a non-Christian about this campaign. It's devastating. Here's what it says, quote, nowhere in that article, and they're referring to an article about the He Gets His campaign, nowhere in that article or in any of the group's press statements, though, does anyone talk about the biggest and most obvious flaw in this plan? He says, that's the problem here. Marketing Jesus comes with an inherent flaw. Here it is. Most of the people using the product aren't worth admiring. Let me read that again. Most of the people using the product, product being Jesus, we're talking about Christians here, the church, those people in the opinion of this non-Christian, they aren't worth admiring. Why would you ever want to join a club that includes those people as members? Apparently, he's talking about his experience with Christians and with the church. Final statement in this article, and this is ooh, painful. They can't separate Jesus from Jesus's followers, no matter how hard they try. Ouch. In other words, the deeper problem isn't what Jesus, what people think of Jesus. It's what people think about the church, what they think about Christians. Here's something Jesus said that I think bears on this. John 13, 35, quote, by this, Jesus says, by this, will everyone know that you are my disciples, that you love one another? Let me take that verse and flip it around and say the same thing in the negative. Again, Jesus speaking, I'm putting words in his mouth here. See if you think this is, um, is appropriate. If you all, the ones who call yourselves my disciples, uh, you all who make up the church, if you don't love each other, why would anyone out there in the world be interested in being my disciples? Oh. Our bottom line in the Luke 10 community goes this way. You want to reach the world for Jesus? Start with the church, not another evangelism scheme. Get clear about why and how the culture, the current culture, culture of the church is so unhealthy and what can be done to heal it. Remember, I'm talking about the church as a whole. This is the church that 65 million people have left. I know there's some exceptions out there. I, I acknowledge that. But taken as a whole, in my opinion, the church culture is unhealthy. It has departed from the vision that I think Jesus has for his bride. All right, back to my original statement. I believe it is likely that the He Gets His campaign will spend $100 million and will fail. The best marketing that money can buy, but it's not going to succeed at making very many disciples. Why? Well, so far we've identified two fatal flaws. Number one, this campaign is great at getting engagements getting people to connect with their marketing strategy. Thousands of people 
are engaging. But there is no evidence whatsoever that these engagements, or very, very many of them, will actually become disciples. And remember, disciples is what Jesus, the one we are marketing here, said was the objective. Why is it that they probably won't become disciples? In a word, it's the church. Taken as a whole, the church, the churches are failing at making disciples. I'll be saying a lot more about that to come. What needs to change about the church? Uh, how can it be done differently? We'll be talking about that in episodes to come. That's the first fatal flaw. They can get engagements, but no evidence that people will become disciples. The second fatal flaw is related to the first. As Tony said, they have misdiagnosed the problem. It's not about how people see Jesus. I mean, they may have flawed perceptions of him, but what's much more important is it's about how they see the church. As the article said, you can't separate Jesus from his followers. Okay, in the next episode, my friend Kent Smith is going to share his perspective on this campaign. And shockingly, he will tell you why he thinks this campaign might actually do more harm than good. All right, a review. We're told that the He Gets His campaign is costing $100 million and that it's funded by a group of anonymous billionaires. So I'm asking you to join me in taking a minute and praying that somehow or other, these episodes will find their way to one of those anonymous billionaires that some questions will be raised. Let's pray for that. Let's see what happens. Okay, I'm John White. I am delighted to be part of the revolution with you. What's that revolution? It is a return to what we think Jesus had in mind for his church.